It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's Well, the hello there, Bubba Bunch And welcome to another episode of the Bubba Let's Sports Podcast Episode 197 We're inching so much closer to that 200th episode of the Bubble Let Sports Podcast, 197 today. I said I wouldn't do it, but Week 17 playoff implications are still in the grasp of the Dallas Cowboys. So yes, you see the title. You read that correctly. This is the Cowboys versus Eagles review and prediction for week 17 and who is going to win the NFC East, the best division in football. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys beat the Eagles 37 to 17 on Sunday afternoon and I'm not going to lie, they played good. They played good football and considering that they are one of the hottest offenses in football right now. It's hard to say that considering the circumstances but for right now this has been the hottest that this offense has been since Dak Prescott got injured and surprisingly out of everything that could have happened with this Cowboys team their defense is playing at a high level now for 60 minutes that was not the case I would say for 45 minutes this was the case for the Cowboys defense but that first quarter was not fun to watch and I was expecting the worst I was expecting every single Cowboys blunder that has occurred over the last year, year and a half, two years, basically the entire Jason Garrett era, no matter how far you want to go with this, this is the weirdest season in the NFL. And over these last few weeks, I'm watching a Cowboys team that is getting better, that are fighting for their chance to play in the playoffs. Look, no matter what happens, whoever comes out of this NFC East, they're not winning a game, right? Like, we can all agree that the, the only team that really stands a chance to make something out of the playoffs is the Washington Red, uh, excuse me, Washington football team because of their defense. Now, in the long term, I don't think defense is really going to matter in these playoffs. But for right now, what gets them in the playoffs and probably gives them a good shot in that first wild card round is the defensive line for the Washington football team. And they're well coached right now. They just got to figure out their quarterback situation, which we'll get into in a little bit. As far as these other teams go, Philadelphia, look, the Jalen Hurts thing is nice and it's a good step in the right direction. We'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts now that they're eliminated from playoff contention. It's really a matter of what we see next season for the Eagles. And it's time to move on for Carson Wentz. It looks like it in Philly. Jalen Hurts now has the starting opportunity. So we'll see what happens next year with a more development to their offense, wide receivers. They look like they have a strong running game now that they can run a lot more read option and more running plays in Philly. And their offensive line will probably get a lot healthier. So I think, I think good things will happen for that offense. When we look at the entire team in general, look, they got to pay a lot of guys and they got to, you know, check the books to really see what they can do for the long term without killing themselves. We don't know if Doug Peterson's going to stay there or not. He wants to stay there, but does the front office want that? Jim Schwartz, 
Does the entire coaching staff, do they stay? We don't know yet, but I feel like this is going to be a very difficult Philadelphia offseason just for money-wise, salary cap-wise. What are they going to do in order for them to not go down in the dumps for the next few years? And I think that starts with a Carson Wentz contract. you got to get rid of that somehow. Someone's going to take him. I really think someone would take him considering how bad some of these uh, quarterbacks are around the league. So I think... It's not doomsday for Philadelphia yet. It's not a good start considering that they're 4-10-1 right now. It's not a great season. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be okay. I'm not high on him. I've never been high on him. And I think these are the types of games, especially this Cowboys, where you're like, okay, this is where Jalen Hurts is human. Like You see the good, but you also see the bad. And that's just a rookie guy coming in against an improved defense of all things to say about this Cowboys defense, but for for one game, this is the the, the struggles that Jalen Hurts had to go through. It'll probably get better for him though. Um, and, and then we see the Washington football team, and Dwayne Haskins gets released earlier today. Like he, it's sad because he he's a former Buckeye. I thought he was the best quarterback to ever come into that program in in, in program history. And had just an awful last few weeks, let alone an awful rookie season, sophomore season. Someone's going to pick him up like Carson Wentz, but I think that's going to be a lot harder to uh, figure out in the long term. And, and so for me, it's like Washington holds their destiny in their own hands with a win. All they got to do is win against the Philadelphia Eagles next week. I think if Alex Smith plays this game, He's been struggling with injuries this season. When he is in the game, this offense is very efficient, very just dangerous considering Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and they can move the ball down the field fairly well with Alex Smith because he's just a veteran guy. And their defense, they can get him more possessions and they can get off the field quickly. So I think if Alex Smith plays against Philadelphia, it's an easy one for Washington. Now, if it's that new guy... He's four years into the league from, uh, where was it? He's from Washington, I believe. I could be wrong on that, but I think I saw it. No, no, that's Washington football team. I forgot the college that he went to, but he's in a four-season. Taylor Heineke, I want to get that right. He actually played well when he had to replace Dwayne Haskins in the game against Carolina. Look, it was a lost effort, no matter what, because they were down bad very early in that game but Heineke played well so we'll see what later in the week comes with the Washington football team and their injury report with Alex Smith or Heineke but for right now let's focus on the Dallas Cowboys uh, because this was a strong performance out of them and I said to myself, like, look, I'm tired of doing these reviews and previews for the Cowboys. Nothing's changing. Nothing will change for this Cowboys team until next season where we see a lot of the guys come back from injuries. And it's his second year in Mike McCarthy's term with the Cowboys. And you'll get a full off season. You won't have to deal with COVID immediately. Things will somewhat go back to normal by the time that the new season comes around. But for right now, look... If you want to keep smashing watermelons, go right ahead because the Cowboys are on a three-game winning streak. And all I can think about is if you've ever seen Major League, a great, funny movie of the Cleveland Indians or the Cleveland baseball team, just to, to save myself 
some controversy. At that time, they were losing bad. They were down bad. Brother starving, right? And then I just remember the manager coming in to that locker room. He's like, look, guys, we won yesterday. If we win today, that's two in a row. If we win tomorrow, that's oh, that's called a winning streak. And I think that Mike McCarthy is the equivalent to that in 2020. They're on a three-game winning streak. They've played really well over the last few weeks. Looked good against the Bengals defensively. They looked good last week against San Francisco offensively. I think that defense really... I, a lot of people give them credit, but I just I don't understand why. They give up a lot of yards, a lot of points. And even in this game, look... That first quarter was absolutely horrible. I was ready to just call for Mike Nolan's job in the first quarter. We see a touchdown drive consisted of 11 plays, 75 yards, 6 minutes off the clock for the Philadelphia Eagles in their first drive, the first possession of the game, and they moved that ball down the field. Considering the fact that Mike Nolan didn't think to put a QB spy on Jalen Hurts when they could literally run the read option at any point on that drive, and it took that long for them to be like, Maybe we should do something about Jalen Hurts. That's why I was so frustrated and so angry with Mike Nolan because he didn't think of doing the most basic thing, which is QB spying Jalen Hurts, who is a running quarterback. He can beat you with his arm. We've seen it over the last couple of weeks, but he is a running first quarterback, and they've progressed in the running game with Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, uh, Boston Scott. They have a running game. They finally established a running game, and if they can find that first wave, that first hole through the offensive line, they're going to pick up a good amount of yards against a team that doesn't know how to tackle properly, misses a lot of tackles in the Dallas Cowboys. So in that first drive, I was like, oh, this is going to be a long day. And then the first Cowboys drive comes along. They're moving down the field pretty significantly well with Ezekiel Elliott getting some good runs. He's putting in more effort. It's what I've been wanting to see all year long out of Ezekiel Elliott. And then they pull up the stat of like this – one of three teams in the NFL that hasn't scored on their opening drive of the game is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, personally, watching the Cowboys for many years, I've seen this as a pattern every year to where every time the game starts and the Cowboys get the ball, they move it so quickly and so efficiently, and then they get to about the 30 to 35-yard line of the opposing team, and something happens, a penalty, a bad play, and they're stuck. And they have to kick a field goal. It's an easy yardage field goal. But they just get stuck at some point. And I don't know if it's because the defense is fresh and they have good red zone defense. Or it's just the Cowboys shooting themselves in the foot. But I feel like every year this has been happening. It's it's occurring every single season. So this doesn't surprise me that the Cowboys just settle for a field goal. And settling for a field goal happens a lot in this football game, which we'll get to. And then the next Philadelphia drive, it's one play, 81 yards. It looked like the freaking Monday night football game with Deshaun uh, Jackson, whether it's Donovan McNabb or it's Michael Vick. It felt the exact same like I'm doing a PTSD flashback back in Vietnam, but no safety help. Chidobi Wujier or Anthony Brown don't pick up Deshaun Jackson and they get burnt. And you're thinking it's a 14-3 game. It's going to be a long day again. So then the Cowboys punt, the Philadelphia Eagles punt, and I think the the tide turner, or turn of the tide in this football game was Fletcher Cox going out due to injury. Immediately, you sensed 
less pressure and less presence from that defensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. And Andy Dalton had more time to throw. Like, he had to get that ball out quickly every single play. If you're not running it, which, by the way, they are the most predictable team at running the football because they trust their offensive line that well, even though they don't have the offensive line to do it. It's not 2016 anymore. The Cowboys are so predictable. When you look at Tony Pollard, who I am just standing for to be the number one back in in Dallas, still trade as a Elliott. I don't care what people say. I'm not saying Ezekiel Elliott is worse than Tony Pollard. I'm not saying Tony Pollard is better than Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just saying just just get rid of that contract. Tony Pollard got the ball on every single bad play call when you're running the football. It was so predictable. When you have eight guys in the box for the Eagles and Tony Pollard's like, well, I'm not going to be able to get through a gap or a hole because there's not going to be any. Then you lose a yard. You barely get to the line of scrimmage. Zeke did a good job of some of those plays to where it was very predictable. They're running the football to where he, he just added that extra effort and at least got back to the uh, line of scrimmage or got an, a yard or two. So good job for him to break some tackles, which we haven't seen all year long. But not having Fletcher Cox really hurt the Philadelphia Eagles. It really benefited Andy Dolan to have some time to throw, develop some route runners. And one of those route runners was Michael Gallup. They took some chances down the field. And, I I mean, they just absolutely burned one of their um, cornerbacks. Michael Michael Jaquet, God help you, sir, but that was one of the worst performances at any quarterback that I've ever seen. Look, I've seen some Daryl Worley level bad play, but Jaquet had himself a rough day. Lined up with Michael Gallup most of the day, and Michael Gallup, just an absolute unit. I've been saying it ever since he got drafted that he's a Des Bryant 2.0 with better route running, more speed, still more uh, still physical like Des, and six receptions 121 yards two touchdowns was targeted eight times and most of those were deep down the field on a go route very physical get him up to the air and he don't put in the right spot this was a very similar look to what we saw in tony romo and des bryant back in the day and they just benefited from it a very simple game plan for mike mccarthy and kellen moore they utilized a weakened secondary by the philadelphia eagles that has been just plagued by injuries in that secondary. And Jalen Mills had to come in in the second half, which was too little too late. But they game plan saying, look, th- this is an unexperienced guy against a underrated route runner and wide receiver in the NFL and Michael Gallup. Let's take advantage of that matchup. Look, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, you're not going to get as many targets and many receptions. They still had a really good day. I mean, Amari Cooper, 121 yards on just four receptions. CeeDee Lamb, 65 yards. And and Dalton Schultz got a little bit involved. I love Dalton Schultz. I don't think I praise him enough. But Michael Gallup was that perfect matchup all day long. And until you fix it, we're just going to keep just dominating you on that point of attack. So... That opens up the running game for Ezekiel Elliott, who's giving some more effort, giving some more speed and, and tackling or breaking tackle, tackling ability. So this offense just continued on and on and just forced himself down the field. Now, the only times that I felt this offense could have done a little bit more is deep into Eagles territory. I mean, we're talking inside the five. You're at the two to three yard line. And twice you settled for field goals. Now, I get it. It's 37-17. That doesn't really matter. But in those periods, 
in those times where that game was one possession, maybe a possession and a half, those are critical possessions that if you get a field goal, cool, but it's it's a little bit easier for the Eagles to come back. I know that Jalen Hurts was struggling throughout the day, but I mean, one drive and they're back in this football game, even with those field goals. If you would have gone for it and you would have said, let's just pound it down the middle with Ezekiel Elliott or let's do some some trickery. Now, they did do that bootleg or play action that just fell apart where they didn't have a receiver down in the end zone or any doll was supposed to bootleg it into the end zone. But I, I like the idea of it. It was just executed poorly. But on a third down and you do that, you fail, but you're still at the two two yard line i think it was even the one yard line go for it be aggressive look if you're trying to tell your guys we're down the stretch and we still have an opportunity to make it to the playoffs i know it's been a rough year for us and not a lot of people are counting us into this this playoff run fuck it you know like let, let's just Let's just go for it. I, I, as a fan and as a watcher of football, I don't care what team it is. I like the aggressive play calls. And if you're not going to do it on fourth downs when you do a fake punt, which they are known to do at a very bad position, but in these certain situations, you don't do that. Like you have all the possibilities in the world to where you have Michael Gallup or Amari Cooper that have done fade routes into the end zone, and a lot of those have worked all game long. And then you have Ezekiel Elliott, who's having a great day, who's showing that force down the middle. Why are you being conservative conservative now? Like, this is not the football team to go against to do that. This is not the time of year to do that. I was very frustrated with the fact that they just settled for those field goals twice when you're inside the five. If they would have, you know, if, if they wouldn't have converted on those fourth downs and they give the ball to Jalen Hurts and that offense at the two to three yard line, well, your defense is playing really well and they're causing turnovers. So if there's a time to be aggressive on defense, that would have been the time. But I felt like this offense was just on fire on Sunday to where those chances and the analytics uh, according to mike mccarthy who was an analytics guy according to this interview that he had analytics show that you have a high chance of of scoring six points on the fourth down both times so i'm a little frustrated with that and i don't know what that means going down the stretch in week 17 and maybe the playoffs but uh, overall i think this offense just played really well and he don't had himself a day Michael Gallup had himself a day. Ezekiel Elliott finally gets over 100 yards. But I felt it's not even just the yards. It was just the effort. It was the hard-hitting, forceful, breaking tackles that he had all game long that we've been just missing for the last few years. Moving on to the defense, I don't don't know. I I really just don't want to believe in this defense because I've seen it before to where they, they do enough to get themselves an opportunity to win football games and to go deeper into the season. And when they really have to show it, they fall apart. And based on this first quarter, look, 14-3 is a bad place to be in one quarter. But when you go against, let's say, a team like the Packers, the Saints, um, even some of the uh, the lower-ranked teams in the NFC, like the Rams or... Or even, um, who am I missing? Like, yeah, the Seattle Seahawks, who can just turn it up in in a blink of an eye. 14-3 is lucky 
You know, like you cannot play like that on defense where you're creating penalties, you're giving up all these big yardage plays, and you're missing coverages, blown coverages. You're not getting safety help down the field. That's not going to work against Aaron Rodgers when he's throwing it 60 yards down the field to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams completely destroyed the Tennessee Titans on Sunday Night Football, and I feel like the Titans have a better defense than the Cowboys in most weeks. Now, when we look at the stats, over the last three weeks, the Cowboys have had the highest turnover margin in football, when every other week combined, they have been the worst in the NFL in turnover margin. So something changed, and it could be just the fact that you're going against bad offenses like Brandon Allen in Cincinnati or against... Um, Nick Mullins in San Francisco, and now you're going against Jalen Hurts, who was a rookie quarterback, just trying to figure out some things on offense. My instinct says that it's just bad offenses that you're going against, and it's working. But then I look back at it, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, look, in previous years, they would go against the same type of offenses. They would go against the bad teams. They would go against the terrible quarterbacks, and yet they couldn't get the turnovers they never could get an interception to save their lives if they wanted to and now it's happening and we're seeing multiple guys like Trevon Diggs had two interceptions in this game I'm not saying that Trevon Diggs is going to be an absolute all-star cornerback I like his talent I think he's super athletic and he has the makings of being a good cornerback that the Cowboys desperately need but I'm not ready to say that he is just going to be the best in the NFL uh, or even top five. Uh, that's just me. I, I just I think that the rookie mistakes are still there. I want to see what happens next year. But it, it's going pretty good so far. And for him to be on the field after that injury that kept him out like six weeks, put him on IR, and he's suddenly back, I felt like those six weeks went by like nothing. I'm seeing Anthony Brown get an interception this game. I'm like, oh, I'm just absolutely done with Anthony Brown. Jordan Lewis has been playing significantly better over these last three weeks, really, really proving that he deserves to be on the Dallas Cowboys, and I think he's earning himself a contract. I think Shadobi Wujie is done, unless they move him to safety. I'm still thinking Anthony Brown's done, but I, I think the Cowboys will, will most likely keep him. And then safety-wise, Donovan Wilson's still hard-hitting. He got that early, unnecessary roughness call, but I think that's just what Donovan Wilson will be. He'll be a J.J. Wilcox, so sometimes those tackles really benefit the Cowboys' defense. Sometimes they won't. Overall, he is a good, strong safety. They still need a free safety. And Xavier Woods is not the guy. Darian Thompson's not the guy. We saw a little bit of Reggie Robinson in this game, and I did like that. C.J. Goodwin made a tremendous play on third down. I want to see them utilize him more in, in the future. Okay, so I'm starting to feel a little bit better about the secondary. And up front, there was no Lane Van Der Esch, There was no Antoine Woods. So it was really difficult for me to say, like, how good can we judge the Cowboys' defense when they don't have some of their better players? Like I said, that first quarter was absolutely terrible. On that film, you're showing those guys, like, this is how bad it can get. And if you're going against a good offense, that's what it's going to look like for four quarters. So overall, this is why I'm not trusting this Cowboys defense. Randy Gregory had probably the best day he's had as a Cowboy. And I'm so happy that he is, even when he's tired, you, they showed him being so tired on the field. And yet he's still making plays. He can be better, but he is making great plays. And he's being so, so reliable alongside Demarcus Lawrence. 
Justin Hamilton and Tyron Crawford inside are, are just not enough. And Antoine Woods has been playing good, not great. I am all in in Neville Gallimore. Like I told you guys when they drafted him, this is going to be a fan favorite and everybody in the Cowboys organization and Cowboys Nation is going to love Neville Gallimore. Let him develop some of his skills, but he's got tremendous feet, great fundamentals. He's a big boy inside and he's just so fast for how big he is. Let him develop a little bit more and get him accustomed to that offense or to that defensive scheme, excuse me. I think you have a stud defensive tackle. So I am all in for Devil, uh, Neville Gallimore. Hopefully Antoine Wood stays another year. I think he only has a one-year contract uh, t- uh, tender this year. So we'll see what happens with him. I'd still say maybe go out and get someone else. Hopefully Gerald McCoy wants to come back and really prove himself after the injury that kept him out all season long. So we'll see what happens with Ger- Gerald McCoy. I would trade Alden Smith if I'm the Cowboys. I felt like he was very slow, just kind of out of it. You know, I I didn't feel like his head was in the game. And these interviews that he's doing for podcasts where he just, he's frustrated and he's dealing with all this BS according to him. him, I don't feel like his head is in the game. He's a tremendous athletic defensive end, but I don't feel like the Cowboys are it for him. I think it was a good kind of uh, jumping pad for him to get back into the league. But I don't feel like the Cowboys are the right fit for Alden Smith going forward. And then the linebackers, Jalen Smith had himself good plays. He had some bad plays. Sean Lee, it was it was typical Sean Lee. Like You worry about him getting hurt, but when he's on the field and he feels confident, he's going to make the big stops and he's going to be the sergeant. He's going to be the call, the play caller on this defense. And hopefully after the season, he becomes a linebacker's coach. Or if the Cowboys want to shoot their shot, go for a defensive coordinator. I don't care. But Sean Lee should be a coach. Sean Lee is going to be a great coach in the NFL. And I think eventually he'll be a Super Bowl winner as a coach more than he would be a player. <sighs> Jalen Hurts and this offense struggle. They really did. I, I felt like they shot themselves in the foot, especially on third downs. Their penalties absolutely killed them all game long. Uh, I need I needed to check the stats again because penalties-wise, the Cowboys only had five. Penalties for the Eagles, dear God, 12 penalties for 115 yards. Now, did anybody else feel, if you're a Cowboys fan or you've just been watching Cowboys football for a very long time, didn't you just feel like this is what the opposite of what you usually watch like isn't it typical for the Cowboys to be the team that has the 12 penalties that always shoot themselves in the foot with a false start a holding call and offsides and like every time that you have a big play and you see a flag or a penalty marker on the field you see the graphic come up you're like well that's just the Cowboys whatever you want to call it it's a Cowboys penalty everything was flipped in this game when backs against the wall when the cards are dealt and you have to make your own luck. What do the Cowboys usually do? They they just fall. I, I mean, they just just collapse within themselves. And it's always the other team. And we saw it week seventeen last year, or week sixteen, week seventeen. It was a it was an opportunity for the Cowboys to make the playoffs. And they go against the Eagles, and they just come out flat. They just look like they don't want to be there. And the Eagles look like the team that wanted to go to the playoffs. Well, this was. 
the exact same thing, but switched. Like the Cowboys looked like they wanted to be there. They wanted to win this football game. And that's what I'm saying. Smash all the watermelons you want. As long as you get these guys hyped and, and invested, I think this is where Mike McCarthy is starting to show himself a little bit. It was a definite struggle. And I still think that Mike Nolan is on the hot seat. And I want to see what the next week at least shows. And I don't know, man. I, I just The needle is like 50-50 and fire don't fire. And it's still leaning toward the fire part a little bit. We'll see what happens next week because the Giants offense against Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator for the New York Giants, if you can't do it against them and you can't create turnovers, then Mike Nolan's not the guy. But if you can, maybe there's something there. And it's tough for me to say because I have given up on Mike Nolan several times this season. But if there's a strong performance for 60 minutes next week, I will consider keeping Mike Nolan. But I, I sense that Mike McCarthy is finally getting accustomed to this team, building a better culture. They've got a liking to Mike McCarthy. Look, I still think that the, the play calling and, and some of the decision making is not all there. It can be worked on. It was worse at the beginning of the season. What I'm seeing is heart. I'm seeing investment. And I'm seeing just tough play. At this point of the season where the Cowboys are technically out of the playoffs, I mean, we're talking about the four-game losing streak, and they barely beat the, um, who was it? They barely beat the the Vikings, which they actually looked good in, but I didn't think it was the best performance of the year. Uh, I think this has been the best performance of the year. You know, I was like, it's nice to win one, but going forward, let's just see who, who are the guys that want to play. Who are the guys that you're saying, no matter what happens, these are my guys? And I'm saying CeeDee Lamb is one of those guys. I'm saying that Demarcus Lawrence is one of those guys. Randy Gregory, Donovan Wilson. But everybody else, who who's here to win? Who's here to play? Are you going to earn your contract? Are you going to earn yourself another contract? Or are you just going to fall and we're just going to trade you or cut you? We don't care about you if you don't want to play. And I feel like every single one of these guys now is starting to prove, like, I, I want to be here. Terrence Steele is probably one of the worst starting offensive linemen in football. And he probably still is. But he's playing better. Like, he's not that bad. Connor Williams is probably having the best year of his career. He's still really bad. I still think Connor McGovern's a better offensive lineman. Next year, you should probably go with McGovern. But he's all right. Brandon Knight's doing his best. Joe Looney's doing his best. Love Joe Looney. But even those guys on defense, which is going to be the the real skepticism in the offseason. Like, are we really going to trust Jalen Smith, Lane Vander Esch? Are we really going to trust Anthony Brown, uh, Jordan Lewis, or Chidobe Wujie? Who's here to play? And I, I'm, I'm looking at this game. I'm like, every one of those guys came to play. I mean, they wanted to play. Andy Dahl definitely wanted to play gunsling ginger over here and then you looked at the philadelphia eagles like you are exactly what the cowboys have done every year when their backs are against the wall you you crumble you collapsed and that's tough to say because i think the eagles were were primed to win this game after the first quarter but i mean man like the cowboys are, are playing good football right now i'm not saying that they're gonna win a playoff game but this is pretty surprising for me and considering that we were in last place 
just a month ago, really. And now they're they're one win away and one loss away for the Washington football team from winning this division. Well, this is going to be the weirdest divisional title that we've ever seen in football. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, this, it's, oh, God, this is happening again because we're just going to go into next week. And we're going to think, wow, the Cowboys might actually have a chance to win this. And what if they just come out flat and I'm going to be like, same old Cowboys. Oh, man. Um, I don't know what to think, guys. I really don't. I really don't know what to think. I, I think the Washington football team wins if Alex Smith starts next week. So it really doesn't matter what the Cowboys do. And I think the way that the schedule is next week, it's the Cowboys versus Giants at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then it's the Washington football team versus the Eagles on Sunday Night Football, I believe. So, whoever wins from the Cowboys and Giants now has to wait and cheer for the Eagles to beat the Washington football team. So that, that's kind of nice for the NFL. They get a little bit of a, a nice novella to watch on Sunday Night Football. Um, but yeah, I think the Washington football team wins. But let's just say... If that happens, the Cowboys win their game against the Giants. They lose or they they don't make it to the playoffs because Washington wins. I think this is a very similar look to what we saw in Mike McCarthy's first year in Green Bay where they went was it Oh man, was it 4 and 12? 4 no 8 and 8? I don't remember exactly what the record was, but it was not strong. And then they went out the next year and went 12 and 4, 13 and 3. And they made the playoffs. And didn't they make it to like the NFC Championship? I'm not saying that's going to happen for the Cowboys, but if this is a pattern for Mike McCarthy, that's like, oh, it's just a little bumps in the road. And then you're going to smooth it out once you get into the next season, considering that COVID hit them this year. That's not an excuse. Yeah, it's going in the right direction. And whatever you want to do to make these players happy and, and love the culture, a lot of these guys want to stay in Dallas, like Michael Gallup and a lot of those secondary guys. Things need to change in the front office. And if Jerry's pissed, if Jerry Jones is pissed and he wants to prove something to people, which he doesn't have to because he's been doing it for 25 years, but if he wants to say, look, we're, we're trying to win, like we're legitimately trying to be contenders here, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and prove some people wrong. If that happens, you got a good formula and a good mixture of everything going in the right direction for the Cowboys. And I feel like next year it'll be better. But if you can end the year 7-9, and nine, I don't think that's the worst thing to happen. I, I think you have some good things to take into next season, into the offseason. Go after some free agency guys. Get a good draft pick, whether that's an offensive lineman, whether that's a linebacker or or secondary guy. We'll, we'll see what happens with the draft class because it's not strong this year. But if you can end the year with a strong victory over the Giants, you fall short because the Washington football team is probably the better playoff team, really. And I think you're in good hands. You'll get Dak back next year, signed, ready to go. And just hungry to lead this team to some wins. I'm just, I'm really more focused on seeing what Mike Nolan does in 
Week 17 against a bad offense led by Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett. If they struggle, Mike Nolan's out of there. I I think that should be a given that if Mike Nolan gives up 30-plus points to Daniel Jones, who literally can't score a touchdown to save his life, he has less touchdowns. He has less passing touchdowns than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has not played since week 5. We're in week 17, people, and Daniel Jones still doesn't have more touchdowns than Dak Prescott. So if you give up three or four and the running game is, is flowing for Wayne Gallman and that offense, bye-bye Mike Nolan. And you go out there and get yourself a Matt Patricia, a Mike Zimmer if he gets fired from Minnesota. Like, just go out there and get a defensive guru. But if Mike Nolan can put up a show, three, four turnovers like he did against Philadelphia, where they're getting off the field on third downs, they're they're forcing three and or third and eights, third and nines, where it's really difficult for this offense to get it going. We just might see Mike Nolan next year for 2021. I don't want to see it, but if it comes to that, you better put up a good performance in week 17. That's all I'm saying. But I just had to come on this podcast and say, like, maybe it's not all that bad. Like, right? Like, I'm not. I'm I'm not ready to get back in this relationship, right? You know, I'm not even ready for the talking stage. I'm just saying, like, let's get some feelers out there. You know, if, if I like her picture on Instagram and she likes mine, I'll be like, all right, all right, all right, all right. we're on the right page. We're on the same page here. Give it, like, a week. Give it, like, two weeks. Like, two of her pictures. Like, you're going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Getting a little serious here. If she likes two pictures back, you'll be like, oh. And you just see her. She's... Focusing on herself, she's not she's not dating other guys. You see, you're like, okay, okay, we're in the right direction, but I'm I'm gonna take things slow. I'm gonna take things slow with Mike Nolan. He's gotta take me out to dinner first. You know, a nice restaurant too, not some McDonald's, not like Burger King. Like you, you know, take me somewhere. Not even Olive Garden. You know, I just don't like Olive Garden. But you know, if Mike Nolan can take me out a nice dinner, call me like two days after, says he had a great time. You know, put up three turnovers against Daniel Jones and that offense. I'll be like, okay. Maybe I will text back within like two hours. You know, just saying, just saying. But we'll see. We'll see, people. I, I just want, give me your thoughts. Like, Give me your thoughts in the comments down below on Twitter, on Instagram when I post these videos. And I hope that you're liking all these videos. Because honestly, I just checked episode 196 to see how we're doing on that we're, we're getting more and more listens more and more views every single episode and i'm just i'm really excited man like th- this is this is what i want to do and i get a little emotional just talking about it but you know i just have fun doing these podcasts man and, and i enjoy it so much and i enjoy just putting out some content for you guys and if you enjoy it i enjoy it but how many times did i say enjoy in that sentence but oh God, Jerry, you're giving me hope again. Oh, my God. All right, that's it. That's it. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. Everyone played good. They. This is the best game the Cowboys have played all year long. W- without a doubt. Without a doubt, this is the best performance they've put up. And even then, that's not good enough for me because of how bad they played in the first quarter. Get a, get a fucking opening drive touchdown, for God's sakes. <sighs> God, I love Michael Gallup. Uh, dude, Michael Gallup is an absolute fucking stud. I called it. I called it. I'm the guru. This has been the Guru Bubbleettes. Thank you for 
listening and watching to episode 197 of the Bubble Let Sports Podcast. A shorter one. How about that? Under an hour. But um, if you like this, like the video, uh, follow it on all audio platforms, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you, you just want to support it even more, go on anchor.fm slash bubblelets and donate. Subscribe for $1, $5, $10 a month. The link will be in the description down below. Guys, be a part of the Bubba Bunch. Be a part of, of just handsome l- gentlemen, beautiful women, chiquititas all around, and, and just just absolute studs of men. Absolute studs. But yeah, um, what else? Uh, this week, we got winners and losers tomorrow. Oh, you know we love some winners and losers. Uh, almost, almost the end of that series for this year. We'll probably do a few more and that's it. And then we got a very special guest returning after several months of being dead. He's suddenly alive, but he's back. We're going to talk some uh, some Patriots football, so we'll, we'll see who gets on here for that. So thank you guys for watching, for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now would you lose if it been a better draft pick?